Connect, thanks again for joining us this morning uh, and having church with us in a very unique way, but uh, we're so glad that we can still gather together. Uh, each week, we're getting to kind of adapt and we're getting more used to doing this. We're tweaking things, we're learning more things, and uh, this week I'm super excited because one of the advancements that we've made this week is while you're all sat watching me live right now, I can actually see all of you. Yep, I can see you right where you are. You look fantastic. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I can't see any of you. Uh, I'm sure you all look amazing in your Sunday pajamas, but uh, uh, I hope you're all having a great time this morning. Glad you get to be here with us. So we've been talking, last week we started this conversation about great news. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of news right now that consumes our lives, and, and we wanted to share that we actually think there is some great news to share. You see, as followers of Jesus, we've discovered that, that through a relationship with Jesus, you can discover things like peace and joy and hope and love. And you know what? All of these, these attributes, they're, they're contagious. You'll find that if, if you're friends with a follower of Jesus, you'll see some of that love and that joy, that peace and that hope. And, and maybe you'll want some of that in your life. You see, some things are good to be contagious. And this morning we want to talk about joy. You see, today is Palm Sunday. It's the week before Easter. It's a very famous time in the Scriptures. You may be familiar with the story, but if you're not, I'll just read it to you now. It's, the, it's one week before Easter Sunday. It's just five days before Good Friday when Jesus will give up his life on the cross, which is crazy because just five days earlier, listen to the, the welcome that he received as he arrived in Jerusalem. Matthew 21, verses 8 through 9 says, A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed, they were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. It was a day full of joy. People were excited and they were, they were shouting and singing and, and praising Jesus. And I don't know about you, but, but when I think of joy as an attribute that we as followers of Jesus should have, that can be a challenge because I'll be honest with you, there's, there's sometimes I don't feel full of joy. But I think that's because we mistake happiness with joy. You see, happiness is more of an emotion. Joy, joy is something different. And in fact, this morning, I've asked our team to help bring some perspective on their views of joy. So I've asked Andy and Justin and Whitney, three of our pastors here at Connect, I've asked them if they would just take a few minutes each and just give us their thoughts on joy. What does joy mean to you? So let's hear from them right now. So with everything going on in our nation, in our world today, it can be really hard and difficult to find happiness and joy. I know for me, I am human just like you guys, and I have gone through all of the emotions. I've had my days of highs. I've had my days of lows. But the one thing that has stood firm, the one thing that has been constant this whole time is knowing in my heart that God is in control. God is in control of all of this. God has got this. He is in this situation wholeheartedly. Even when maybe we look around and we think, gosh, does, does God really have have this, he is in this 100%. Have you ever looked around in your life and thought, 
gosh, does he really know what I'm going through? It doesn't look like he has any control. Do you really, God? Well, I can tell you firsthand, I have felt that same way this weekend. As many of you parents are probably feeling it too this weekend, and I'm talking about homeschooling. We have had to homeschool, and we've had to put on our teacher hat when we never thought we'd have to, and it's been really difficult. And there's been nights I am getting ready to go to sleep, and I am thinking, who was in control today? Who was in control today? Because I know it was not me. I wake up and the house is clean and then 10 minutes later, the house is a disaster. I, I, I think at the end of the day, did I feed my children today? But knowing in the back of my mind that they have been asking for snacks every two seconds, I know I just started saying yes or I just started ignoring them. So I know they've had snacks all day. But I did, at the end of the day, I would feel, gosh, who, who was in control today? Was it the kids? Because I know it wasn't me. So we have all felt this way one time or another in the past couple weeks. Now, I will say anytime I sit down to write a message or maybe I'm doing a Bible study with my small group, I always think in the back of my head, I would love to sit down with these people from scripture and think, okay, what is going through your mind at this point? What is going in your head at this point? Because there are some um, people in the Bible that go through some really, really dark times that we can relate to. I think of Daniel getting thrown into the lion's den. I think of um, David going against the giant. I think of Moses leading his people and he gets to the Red Sea and there's a body of water in front of him and Pharaoh and his army are behind him. And I can just imagine them thinking, this is it. There's no way out of this. I imagine them thinking, God, how are you gonna get me out of this? There's nothing you can do. But I promise you every time, in every situation, in every story in the Bible, God shows up. God shows up and brings so much good in these situations because he was in control the whole time. God is always working. He's working when you don't know it. He's working when you don't feel it. He is always there working because he is in control. I know like many of you probably have been reading a lot of scripture and verses to keep that, that peace and joy in your heart. And I am doing the exact same thing every single day. The verse that I've been holding on to is Isaiah 41.10. And it reads, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my righteous hand. God's saying, there's no need to worry. I'm here with you this whole entire time. I'm giving you strength and I will always hold you up with my righteous hand. I've got this. And the thing is, we need to remember, God is not caught off guard by this virus. God is not taken by surprise in this situation. God is not sitting up in heaven, scratching his head thinking, I didn't see that coming. Now what am I gonna do? God has been here the whole time entire time. God saw it. God knew it. God is sovereign. He's the alpha, the omega. He is in this wholeheartedly, a hundred percent. He's already won the battle. God's already won the battle. So today we sit here, it's Palm Sunday. And this was a really joyous time. This was an exciting time. Jesus came in and everybody was yelling, Hosanna, Hosanna. And they were waving the palm leaves and everybody was so excited. And this was such a bright, happy time for everybody. 
but they didn't realize, they didn't know five days later, five days later, Jesus would hang on the cross and die and die for our sins. So we go from this very happy and, and joyous moment to five days later, Jesus hanging on the cross. And it became a very, very dark time. And I can just imagine everybody in that moment thinking, now what? Now what? There, there's no way we can come out of this. But three days later, three days later, Easter, which we are going to celebrate together next week, Easter, Jesus rose from the dead. He rose and the battle was won. He claimed his victory. So this means no matter, no matter what we go through, we can hold in our hearts and we can have the joy that he's won the battle and he is in control of everything. Joy is not the absence of sadness. We live in this broken and fallen world and there's chaos around us and there's darkness around us. But again, we need to hold in our hearts the joy that he's in control. Um, I saw about a week ago, um, a member of Connect post something that was so cool on her Facebook page. And I'm sure many of you've seen it, but I wanted to share it with you today because I think it goes hand in hand with what I'm talking about this morning with God being in control. So I'm gonna read it as if I was having this conversation with God. So I said, okay, God, here's the thing. I'm scared. I'm trying not to be, but I am. And God says, I know. Do you wanna talk about it? And I said, do we need to? I mean, you already know. And God says, let's talk about it anyways. We've done this before. I said, I know. I just feel like I should be bigger and stronger of all of, by something by now. And God's sitting there patiently waiting, unhurried, undistracted, and he's never annoyed. So I said, okay, I'm afraid. I'm afraid I'll do anything and everything I can to protect my family and it won't be enough. I'm afraid of someone I love dying. I'm afraid the world won't go back to how it was before. And I'm afraid my life is always gonna feel a little bit unsettled. And God says, anything else? And I replied, everything else, everything else. And God says, remember how your son woke up the other night and came running down your hall to your bedroom? And I replied, yes. God said, you were still awake. So when you heard him running, you started calling out to him before he even got to you. Do you remember that? Do you remember what you called out to him? I said, yeah. I said, you're okay, you're okay. I'm right here. And God says, why did you call out to him? Why didn't you just wait for him to get to your bedroom? And I said, well, I wanted him to know that I was awake and that I heard him and he didn't have to be afraid until he reached the end of the dark hallway. And God replied, exactly, exactly. I hear you, my child. I hear your thoughts racing like feet down that dark hallway. There's another side to all of this, and I'm already there. I've seen the end of this, and I want you to know right here as you walk through this, you're okay, and I haven't gone to sleep, and I won't go to sleep. So me, of course, crying I say, can we sit together for a while? Can we sit here for a minute before I go back facing it all? And God replies, there's nothing I love more. I love that so, so much. God is telling us he's awake. He's not falling asleep on us. He knows what we're going through. He knows how we're feeling. But he also is telling us that it's gonna be okay. 
it's going to be okay because he knows the other side. So again, I go back to Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my righteous hand. God is saying, I've got this and I'm in control. Have you ever experienced one of those days where you receive some really good news, something that's about to change your life and somebody tells you this thing is about to happen and you just get this overwhelming sense of joy and expectation? But then within a short time after that, you are told maybe by the same person that what he or she said is probably not actually going to happen. It's totally strange, but it's one of those things where we go from this high of joy and we feel equally as sad and deflated when things don't work out the way we thought they were going to. And the the fact of the matter is that any joy that is based on circumstances is always temporary, always temporary. So what happens is when we receive good news, we feel the excitement and the expectation of joy that comes along with that. And then when we receive the bad news shortly after that, we feel equally as deflated. So our emotions are rising and falling with the news we receive. So is it even possible for us to receive or to be in a place where we feel a sense of joy that doesn't change with our circumstances? Is it possible to have joy when things are good and bad through all seasons of life, through, through everything that could come our way? Is that possible? And if it is, where does it come from? In order to answer that question today, I want to look in the Gospel of John. Now, if you're new to the Bible, you should know this. The word gospel literally means great news, which is what we're talking about here. And this great news that we have in the Bible is four historical accounts of Jesus' life. There's Matthews, Marks, Luke, and then John. And these four different Gospels are different in many ways, but the first three are very similar. The fourth one, John, is very different. And there are several reasons for this, but one of the things that's really different about John's Gospel compared to the other three is that a significant chunk of the 21 chapters he writes all happened within a few hours on one night. In fact, verses, uh, chapters 13 through 18 all happened right around the same time, within minutes, within a few hours of each other. And this night opens up where, where Jesus has gathered all of his disciples into this room, and it's what we might call the Last Supper. Now, to Jesus and his followers, it was a celebration of the Passover. And you have to understand this. The Passover, what might be similar to what we would call uh, Thanksgiving and, and the, the emotions, the excitement we feel around Thanksgiving. And so Jesus has gathered all of he, these men around together and they're celebrating what God did many, many years ago to deliver their people out of slavery. And it's this amazing celebration and everyone is feeling the joy of the celebration. And then... This is just a few days after uh, another event that happened. A few days before this is when Jesus rides into Jerusalem. And riding into Jerusalem, all the people of this city, which would be maybe equivalent to Washington, D.C. or uh, a New York City for us, all of the people along the roadside are acknowledging him and receiving him as their king. So this is a big moment. So think about where the disciples are at in this moment. These 12 men are gathered there. They're celebrating the Passover, celebrating what God has done. 
They are celebrating this amazing, victorious entry into this, this very influential, important city. And they're riding high. They're feeling like things are good. Things are, are, are working out exactly the way they had hoped. They're going to be something because they've hitched their wagon to the right cart. You know what I mean? They, 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 they've connected themselves to the right person. And Jesus is that person. And so everything seems to be going well. But what happens within a few hours of this, this high that they're all feeling is this sense of despair where everything seems to be falling apart. You see, within moments of Jesus celebrating this meal with them, he will eventually be arrested. He will be tried for, for crimes he didn't commit. He'll be convicted. He'll be flogged. He'll be executed. And all of these men will feel the despair of all of their hopes that they had built up in their head being crashed down and, and becoming not a thing anymore. And it's this very real moment for them that is about to happen. So in the middle of this, before the bad has come, while the good is still there, Jesus wants to prepare them. And he says to them in John chapter 15, verses 9 through 11, he says this, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. Then he says this in verse 11. He says, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will actually overflow. And so Jesus knows what is about to happen. He knows where this night is going. He, he, he already knows uh, that Judas, one of his own 12 disciples, is, has betrayed him and is going to turn him over to the bad guys, right? And so Jesus knows that this is where this is going, and yet he's talking about this joy that they can still have even when this garbage happens as it's about to happen. And so he, he's talking to them about joy that remains, regardless of circumstances. And he's talking to them about this idea of being intentional, intentional about staying in a place where they remember how deeply and how vastly he loves them. And he's about to show them the full extent of that love. And this is joy that is unshakable. It is just, it's solid through every circumstance. So the key to this kind of joy, Jesus tells us, is very simple. It's to remain in his love. In other words, we have to be consistently mindful of his love for us every single day. We have to be uh, aware of how much he loves us. But also with that, we need to understand this. The word that Jesus used there in the original language is this word that comes with it. Not only this idea that we stay in a place, but also this idea of hopeful expectation. And so the, the idea is for us to not only stay in a place where we remember his love, but also be hopeful and mindful of the good that is going to come from every situation. So let's get practical for a moment. How does one remain in Jesus' love? To some of you, that may sound very simplistic. To others, that may sound kind of hyper-spiritual. Let's get practical. What, what does that look like? Well, this is a simple thing that you and I can do to remain in his love. Every day, regardless of how your day starts, I encourage you to take a moment to be mindful of his love for you. Just take a moment before you open your phone and start scrolling through your social media or reading texts, before you turn on the TV, before you look at the newspaper, before you do any of that stuff, take a moment to just pray a simple prayer like this. Jesus, 
I know that you love me, and I know that you've got me. Whatever comes my way today, I can rest in knowing that you will see me through, and good will come from it. Amen. So the question for us is, how can we have joy that remains through all situations? And the answer is this. God's love is the source of joy that remains. A couple of weeks ago, uh, before this all kind of started getting super serious, before all the lockdowns happened, the schools started shutting down, businesses started shutting down, I was out for a run with one of my friends, and we were just talking about what this is going to look like and what the effects this is going to have on our community, on our world. And one of the questions that he asked me was, what do you think is the biggest impact that we're going to see coming out of this? And my first thought was gatherings of joy. And I explained to him that I feel like so often we go through life, whether it's uh, dinner with friends, whether it's holidays with family, whether it's coming to church and meeting here on a Sunday morning and gathering together, and we take those things for granted. We don't see how special they are. And I told him that I think coming out of this, we are going to see this spark gatherings of joy. And I'm excited about that. Now, that was a couple weeks ago. And I would like to believe that if you ask me that question right now, that my first answer would be gatherings of joy. But I know that this is a tough time for a lot of us. This is a hard thing to go through. And this is maybe more serious than we ever imagined it could be. This is getting serious. And maybe we go on with our lives and we're just like, let's just get through another day. Let's just chalk it up to, hey, we're good to go another day. Maybe you're like, I finally put my kids down to sleep. They're down. They're, I can finally breathe. I can finally relax. I can finally just have some time to myself and just get through this. Well, the good news and even the, the great news about this is that we are not alone. We are all going through this together, but even more so, we have God here going through this with us. He is here with us through this hard time. And we're not the first people to go through times of trouble. We're not the first group of people to go through something like this, to go through times where we're wondering and we're guessing and we're going through trials, we're going through hard times. And we can look to what God says in the Bible to speak to us, to kind of show us uh, peace, to show us joy, to show us how to get through this time. One area, uh, one book in the Bible that I love is the book of James. And James is a book, um, and it is a letter to the churches. And the churches at these times were going through persecution. They were going through hard times. And this letter is an encouragement to them. It's a roadmap for them. And I love how it starts out uh, in chapter one, right there in verse two. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. When your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. When your health is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. When your joy is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. And in verse four, it says, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. You see, we only get one chance at this quarantine. We only also get one chance coming out of this quarantine. And what I think God is challenging us through the scripture is to let's not just go through this, but let's grow through this. 
as families, as individuals, as a community, as a world, let's not just go through this, let's grow through this. About a year ago, I was hanging out with some friends and we were talking, we were having a discussion. I remember one of them asking me, what is the happiest time of your life? What is the memory that you remember that it was just, you were the happiest? And I was thinking and I was going through kind of different times, but this one time just jumped out to me. It kept coming back. You see, when my son Rowan was first born, we had um, a rough first year. He had a lot of health issues. He had a lot of problems and we were in and out of the hospital the entire year. We were back and forth in different hospitals. And for part of the time, we actually spent a little over a month down in Memphis at St. Jude Children's Hospital. And I remember during this time, for a good amount of the time while we were there, um, my son was intubated. We weren't able to hold him. We weren't able to, he had tubes and and wires. We weren't able to hold him. He wasn't responsive to us. Uh, He was just asleep the whole time. And I remember that when he finally did come out of that, he finally did wake up out of that, we were able to finally get to hold him and we were able to kind of take him out of the room a little bit. And I remember the biggest time of joy that I can ever remember was when we got to take him down for lunch in the cafeteria in this hospital. And this was the best time of my life. This, I was never happier than I was here. And it wasn't because of the frozen fries we were eating or because of the food, but it was because of the people that I was with. It was because of the people that I was around. And it was just so amazing. And that's exactly what James is talking about here in this passage. That's exactly what I feel like God is telling us through these times is that we can too find joy. We can too find celebration. We can too find times of joy and times of celebration. And yes, I'm excited to come back here. I'm excited to be here in this big room with all of you and to worship and to gather together in just one song and singing the, the name of Jesus. I'm really excited about that. But I'm not going to wait for that time to experience joy. I'm going to experience joy right now with the family I am around. I'm going to experience joy through going outside and hanging out in the backyard and just letting the sun shine on my face. I'm going to have joy and experience joy by FaceTiming and Zoom meetings with my family, with my friends, with my small group. I am going to choose through this time not to just go through this, but to grow through this. And I think that what God has intended us to do through this time is not just to go through it, but to grow through it. Wow, that was so good. Thank you so much, Andy, Justin, Whitney, just for sharing your thoughts there on where we can find our source of joy. Because joy is so much more than just being happy. Happiness and sadness, like Andy said, they can come and go. But joy is something that we can only find in a relationship with God. That, um, like Whitney said, God is in control. That knowing that we are loved by God, we can remain in that love and find joy in that. And I loved Justin's thought of how um, we can find joy if we're willing to look at all situations we go through in life and realize that we don't just have to go through this, we can grow through this. So we asked last week for you to be ready, and if you're not ready, I'm going to give you a moment now to to find um, uh, some elements, because we're going to take communion together this morning. So every uh, first Sunday of the month here at Connect, we take communion as a church. Obviously, this morning is a little bit different, as I'm sat stood in an empty room here, but I didn't want to miss out on this opportunity to take communion. 
I'm going to explain it a little bit in a second here, but if you were able to get some bread or some crackers, uh, some juice, that's awesome. Uh, if you weren't and you're uh, wanting to join us in communion this morning, you can go now and maybe you can find some, some bread and some juice. And I'm going to be honest with you, we, we are in unusual times right now, so maybe it's, it's not going to be bread that you'll find. Maybe it'll be some, something else, uh, um, a cookie or something, and maybe it won't be juice. Maybe it'll be water or... Uh, Mountain Dew. I don't know what it will be that you find, but I want us to pause and, and, and take this moment together as a church, wherever we are right now, in our homes, all around this community, because this is a really important thing that we're about to do. So hopefully right now someone's headed off to, to grab something. And if you're sat together this morning as a family, um, in just a moment, we're going to take communion together as a family. And we can take joy this morning in this because like Andy said, Jesus did this with his disciples. Just a few days after that triumphal Palm Sunday entrance into Jerusalem, where there was so much joy and excitement, just a few days later, on the night before he was betrayed, Jesus gathered with his disciples for a meal. And during that meal, they broke bread together, they drank from a cup together, and Jesus said, do this to remember me. So this morning, we're going to do this together to remember the price that Jesus paid. Next Sunday, we're going to celebrate the fact that Jesus rose from the grave, that he is alive still today. But on Friday of this week, Good Friday, we're going to remember the, the sad fact that he also had to give up his life. And that's why we take communion on a regular basis. So if you're ready, uh, why don't you go ahead and grab uh, whatever you have this morning. I've got a piece of bread here. Maybe you've got something to represent the body of Jesus. And together, right now, we'll take the, the breads together. Jesus, thank you so much that even though we are not together in the same space right now, we're actually together as a community this morning, a community of, of Jesus followers Connect Church gathered in our homes here in Washington and surrounding areas and maybe even around the world. And together right now, Lord, we can still be united in the fact that we take communion to remember with joy in our hearts. Not happiness, Lord, but that joy, that sense of just knowing, Lord, that you're in control and that you paid such a great price for us. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you allowed your body to be broken for us. Now, why don't you, don't, why don't you uh, go ahead and take a sip of the drink that you have. Jesus, this drink is to remind us that your blood was shed. That when you died on that cross, Lord, that you allowed your body to be broken, your blood to be shed. And we thank you so much, Lord. We thank you so much that no matter what we go through in our lives, the greatest obstacle that we will ever face is death, Lord. And that day on that cross, you conquered death. You died in our place. We can know an eternity in heaven with you, Lord, because you stood in the gap for us, Lord. You allowed your body to be broken, your blood to be shed for us. We thank you this morning for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for being with us here this morning. We will be here next Sunday. Cannot wait to celebrate Easter with you next weekend. Have a fantastic week. Stay connected with us through the week, through um, Facebook connections, connect groups, online Zoom gatherings, whatever it is. And uh, we look forward to seeing you back here next Sunday.